Hey, good morning. It's Wednesday morning. I hope you're uh, doing great today as we start our day off together reading reading the Bible and uh, thinking about it and drinking the warm beverage of our choice. For me, it's coffee. I hope it's coffee for you because coffee is delicious. And one of the ways that God shows us he loves us is that he's given us coffee. So today we're, um, we're going to be continuing in our, with uh, the, the reflection, the readings that our morning office uh, suggests to us. Uh, we were suggested Isaiah. Uh, Psalm 72, Galatians, and all really good passages. Uh, they all kind of spoke to me in some interesting ways this morning, especially Isaiah. Isaiah is always so wonderful. Uh, we're, we're right in the kind of sweet spot of Isaiah. The the, 50, the 50s where the suffering servant passages, the covenant of peace, things such as that, and Galatians is wonderful. One of Paul's greatest works, in my opinion. But um, I was really struck by Part of our, our reading from today from the Gospel of Mark, from Mark chapter 8. I want to read Mark 8, 22 through 26 to you. It, it's something that, that didn't, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really move me much when I read it. But the more I thought about it afterwards, the more I thought, oh, wow, there's something really, something really big there. So Mark 8, uh, 22 through 26. They came to Bethsaida. Some people brought him a blind man and took him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. When he, was, when he had put saliva on his hands and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Can you see anything? The man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. He looked intently, and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his village, saying, Do not even go to, into the village. I'm sending him away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. Um... What was interesting to me when I read this passage, and what, what, the reason why I really started thinking about the passage is I was really struck by verse 26. That's what was kind of my entry way to really ponder this passage more, where he said, then he sent him away to his home and said, you're not even going to the village. And I just really thought that was an interesting um, interesting thing for Jesus to do because part of it is because I, I really think one of the things that we need and that Jesus always encourages us to do is to, to find community. I mean, he sends the disciples out two by two. He, Jesus is always, uh, he goes off by himself to pray and things such as that, but he, but, he, he, but he always encourages community, encourages us to work together, encourages us to, to, to be faithful. So I was like, golly, why is he sending him off not to tell, not even to his village? And then I thought about how often in the Gospels how you see the, um, People want to make Jesus king. How often he tells people not to tell people what he did. And the reason why Jesus will sometimes tell folks, hey, don't tell anybody what I did. Don't tell this anybody. Because, you know, if you're like me and Jesus healed you, you know, if you're blind and suddenly you see, you're going to tell everybody you can find about it. Jesus doesn't want, people are anticipating the Messiah that Jesus is to be an earthly political king and like David or the Maccabees who are going to drive out the Romans and start the earthly kingdom. And that is not Jesus' Jesus' intent. Jesus' intent is to do something bigger than that, to, to build not an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. So Jesus is always very hesitant to um, embrace those type of things. You see it all throughout Scripture when they a couple of times they want to make him king and he, he walks away. He's, he leaves them. He doesn't he doesn't accept it. He goes away. And sometimes he'll tell people, Don't don't tell anybody what happened. Keep it to yourself. And of course, you know, they, they tell everybody. So that was really kind of got me thinking about, okay, that's interesting that he did that. But then that, that makes sense in light of the other times. But really, that really got me looking, thinking deeper about it. And, and it, it, it struck me. Um, verse 23 says, it took the blind man by the hand, 
led him out of the village. And when he put saliva on his hands, he laid his hands on him, and he asked him, Can you see anything? The man looked up and said, I can see people that are like trees walking. So Jesus' first attempt at healing him didn't completely heal him. It started him on the path towards complete healing, but it didn't completely heal him. Um, he was not seeing correctly. He still he saw better. He saw better than he did before, but he still didn't see right. That was the first attempt. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. He looked intently at his sight. He looked intently, and his sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. It was the second time Jesus placed his hands upon him that he was completely healed, and he saw perfectly at that point. And that got me thinking about how our faith works and how our healing works. And by healing, I mean our spiritual healing. So many of us, we want to, I, let me put it like this. I want to struggle with something, to have an issue I'm dealing with, and to give it to the Lord one time and then be done with it. That's what I want to give it to Jesus once. I want to lay it at the altar once. I want to place it before him, for him once. Wipe my hands and be done with it. That, that's what I want to experience. But what gets frustrating so often is the fact that we give these things to Jesus and then we continue to struggle with them. Or we give them to Jesus and they don't really get any better. Or we give these things, these things to Jesus and they remain there. And we feel like we're a failure. You know, why I'm struggling with this temptation or whatever. And I give it to Jesus and guess what? I continue to struggle with the temptation. I must not be good enough. I must not have enough faith. I must not be faithful enough. It, that's, it's on me. It's my fault. I'm not a good enough Christian, a good enough believer, a good enough disciple, whatever. It's on me. I'm not worthy of these things. Are we doubt God? Well, God, I gave it to you. Why is this still happening? What's still going on? What, 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 why aren't you fixing this? So often, whenever we give something to God, we struggle with, we struggle with something, we give it to God, or there's a doubt or a fear, whatever. We give it to God, and it gets better, but it's not perfectly fixed. We we doubt ourselves, or we doubt God. To me, what was so interesting about this passage is this, is that Jesus' first healing of the man started him on the path of healing, but it didn't finish the job completely. I mean, we think of the old kid's hymn, kid song we, we sing. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Where you are right now in your life, in your faith, in your family, and all these things, is not the completion of your journey. God's still at work on you. The things that you struggle with right now, God's still working on them. It may take years. It, we want it instantaneously. It may take years for you to overcome the temptations you struggle with. It may take years. Keep walking. The issues of your faith that you deal with right now that, that, that seem overwhelming, that just seem like, Lord, I just wish you'd take this from me. He's not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. He's still working on you. He's, he, your journey's not completed. Your, your life is not over. Keep walking. Keep being faithful. The man was not completely healed by his first encounter with Jesus. 
It took a second and a more intense and more intimate experience with Jesus for him to be completely healed. Just because our first prayer our first prayer didn't fix it doesn't mean we shouldn't pray the third prayer, the second prayer, or the third prayer, or the fourth prayer, or the tenth prayer, or the fifteenth prayer. Keep praying. God's still working on us. So to me, that was that was that was my takeaway, and that was the encouraging thing to me when I read this passage is to understand that just because my faith feels imperfect right now, or just because my life feels imperfect right now, or just because I feel like God is not completely done everything that I need God to do right now, doesn't mean that God's done. It doesn't mean that this moment right now that I'm going through, that I'm living through, that I'm experiencing, that my faith is growing in, it doesn't mean that this moment is the end moment. That means that God's work in me is not yet complete. So right now, if you're feeling that, in your soul, in your life, in your family, in your personal life, know that God's work is not complete in you yet. He's still working on you. He's still, to use the old Wesleyan term, he's still sanctifying you. He's still pouring his grace upon on you. He's still working on healing you. And there may be fits and starts. Some days it may be perfect. Some days it may be terrible. Some days you may feel like everything's right. Some days you may feel like everything's awful. Some days you may feel like you're a failure. Some days you may feel like God's given up on you. Keep walking. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep serving. Keep connecting. C.S. Lewis says the sin's not in falling down. The sin's in not getting back up. God has not finished his work in you yet. It took him two times to completely heal this blind man. He has all of our lives to heal us completely. So today, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on God. God's still at work in your life, even if you don't feel it right now. Hey, love you guys. Stay encouraged. Keep walking. Keep being faithful. God's with you. He will finish his work in us. Love you guys. Have a great hour. Have a great day today. Join us tonight for Bible study online at St. Matthew's. We're continuing with our studies on evangelism. Tonight we're going to be looking at some of Paul's examples on how to share our faith with other people. So I uh, hope you have a great day today, great night tonight. Uh, see you online. Uh, thanks for watching or listening. Have a great day.